0: We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. I am your host, Dave Dolomite, D2 Martinez. And yes, I am your host. I am going solo. Mike is not with us today. He uh, has had some scheduling conflicts, and uh, we've also have had some difficulty with scheduling guests. But we have some great uh, content for you, and I'm happy to share um, as we're going into the fall season and we've experienced some cooler temps in the mornings and even some low to zero humidity, we have had some a preview of what fall running could be like. And for me, when I start thinking about fall, I start thinking about trails and going out um, Seeing the leaves changing and whether it's, you know, if you're a hiker or you're a trail runner, this to me is the perfect time to get out and hit the trails. But many of you I know are brand new, are just getting started, or maybe you're have considered it, but have not ventured into trails for a couple of reasons. One, not knowing where to go um, being unsure about the various, uh, you know, what gear you need? What if I get lost? What happens, you know, if I'm alone in the woods and, and I lose my sense of direction, how will I know where to, to go and, and things like that. So this episode is going to be one of those that we're going to provide a lot of information. There's going to be a lot of links and we'll share all those in the show notes. So I want to make sure that, um, you know, we share all the details. There's, there's going to be links to trails. So uh, there'll be links to groups and different resources for you. And we're going to try to be comprehensive in everything here And this is really just for those that are just starting out, just for beginners. Um, If you're an experienced trail runner, you know, you're probably not going to get much out of this, except maybe it's a refresher or maybe just thinking back of, wow, I wish I would have known that when I first started. And maybe that's a lesson if I had reached out beforehand or I'd gotten some help, that would have been great. And maybe as an experienced trail runner, you can share that with others or share this podcast with others that are getting into it because. I do think that's one of those things that, uh, being out in nature and just appreciating and just the solitude, it's just a completely different experience. And, um, so I want to make sure that, uh, that, uh, you know, we get this information out. We do have, uh, of course on our website, we do have some information on that already. Um, but you know if you're out running and this is the way you get your exercise and, and, you know, and, you know, consume this type of content. Well, let's get you inspired. Let's get you out on the trails. Let's have you enjoying some of the things that we also love to enjoy, um, as being a runner, because I do think there's some benefits from running on trails, even though I do the majority of my runs on the road during the week On the weekends, I tend to like to, you know, Get out of, the, out, of, out of the city a little bit, maybe explore a little bit, try something different that also helps and benefits my um, road running as well. So we'll have all that and more um, right after this break. So don't go anywhere. Running makes you feel good. Running is healthy and good for you. Running can even be therapeutic, but running doesn't define you. You are not a runner, but running gives you life. At Big Peach Running Company, we get it. That's why we are the number one running store for those that don't call themselves a runner. That's why our guests use terms like friendly, thoughtful, attentive to describe us in reviews. Come see us at any of our seven Metro Atlanta area locations or visit us at BigPeachRunningCo.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. Once again, I am your host, uh, D2. I also do the uh, coaching for the Run ATL training program. So you can call me Coach D2 if you want or just Dave or Dolomite. I go by so many different names, um, but i um, happy to be here and, uh, share with you, um, some of the things that I enjoy, um, doing when I go out running and, and exploring and, and, um, in this, uh, you know, into the trails and sharing the information, things that I've learned, um, through my journey experience and because I've been a trail runner kind of off and on doing a, a variety of different things. Um, you know, probably, you know, 20 years ago when I started doing adventure racing uh, was probably my first time getting into trails. I love the idea of just going out into the woods. And, and, you know, back then we were, you know, adventure racing was trail running and mountain biking and some canoeing or kayaking and orienteering and all these things. And I just really kind of enjoyed it. And I was never really, um, you know, a kind of, uh, you know, an outdoorsy type of person, but that, uh, you know, sort of kind of appealed to me, the idea of adventure. And for me, trail running is just that it's an adventure every time I go out. Um, So, yeah, I want to start out with a little bit of expectations. You know, one of these things that, you know, as trail runners, we sort of kind of joke, and it's sort of kind of a badge of honor, but we always say that it's not really a trail run until either, A, you fall, um, and, you know, maybe you get a bloody knee or something, um, or you get lost. I mean, these are all rites of passages for trail runners. Um, It's going to happen, you know, um, a route will Jump out of nowhere and snag your toe, and you will, uh, you know, fall. It's going to happen, you know, it's unavoidable. It happens to all of us, um, even experienced trail runners. It will happen. There will be times where we will get lost, um, we'll take a a, you know, slight turn. We may not be paying attention, we may be lost in our thoughts and running, and we missed a turn. It's going to happen, and it's nothing to be. Um, you know, afraid of, or it's just something to be aware of. And it helps kind of set those expectations um, because that's just part of it. That's the fun of it. So other things that you can expect, and one of the reasons I love Trail running is because you get to go to places and see views that most people really do not get a chance to see. They may see it in a photo or a video or, you know, through social media. And that's one of the reasons why I love going out there because I want to see it for myself. Part of the experience is going out to these views and just taking it all in. It's sort of like going to the Grand Canyon. You see these great images, you know, but you really don't get a sense of what it is and how, uh, you know, massive and beautiful that scenery is until you're there in person and seeing it. And that's one of the reasons why I like going on trail runs because it is a little bit of a challenge and you're rewarded with beauties and views and things like that. It's also quiet and peaceful. It's a great place to kind of just get lost and shut the rest of the world out, you know, whether it's, you know, from just being bombarded by messages through social media and different platforms and traffic and, you know, everything else that's going on during the week. For me, just getting out and just, and sometimes, you know, sometimes I I run with music, but most of the times I don't. When I go trail running, it's just the peacefulness, just the hearing the, the the my feet pounding on the ground. If in the fall when the when the leaves are, are down, you're feeling that crunchiness as you're as you're running across. To me, that's just it's it just it, everything else goes away. The rest of the week, the stress associated with it, it just goes away. You know, um, it's a great way to kind of reflect, to be you know uh, just in your thoughts and in with nature and speak of nature, there's plenty of times where I've run across deer um, and it's just it's nice to be that close you know to to nature that way. Um, it's just something that's so beautiful and peaceful and and just really um, just sort of kind of special. you really do feel like you're connecting with nature when you're when you're out there and you do come across you know some deer or a doe or something like that. Now, when we talk about nature, there's also other, Uh, animals and things that, you know, people are concerned about. You know, we hear about stories about, let's say, bears or mountain lions or snakes and things like that. And yes, we are in their environment. But for the most part, they're afraid of us, you know, and if we make enough noise, they're going to run away. You know, there has never that I'm aware of, and I've had multiple conversations. Mike is more of the expert in the trail running, uh, primarily because he lives up in Blue Ridge and he's definitely has a lot more experience, but there has never been a, you know, a bear attack here in Georgia that either him or I am aware of. So you don't have to fear them, you know, now you have to be aware of them. You know, there's, you know, you don't want to come across them, you know, and if they you do, you want to make sure that you give them plenty of room and you, you know, don't run away. Just, Back away, you know, but for the most part, most of these trails, you're not going to really run into, you know, a bear unless you're up in the North Georgia mountains and snakes, you know, and trust me, I am not a fan of snakes, any kind of snakes. I don't know how to identify them because I don't want to get close enough to identify them so i give them plenty of room and then in the spring typically when they start coming out and and i hear you know through social media and reports that there's you know snakes and be you know careful about copperheads and and everything else i'm like no thanks i'm you know i'll i'll wait until you know they go into hibernation in the in the in the fall or the winter or when there's less of them out but for the most part you you know i'm running on trails that are pretty well traveled. And the more people that are on the trails, the less you'll see, um, you know, a lot of these, you know, type of uh, animals out. So I don't think that's much to, really to worry about. And there certainly are no mountain lions, um, you know, uh, here in, in Georgia. So that's that's more of a, if you're a West Coast and you're in, out in California, where I think you need to be a little bit more concerned about. The other thing, and this is one of the things I crowdsourced some, you know, questions and you know things to 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 provide you guys as far as information. And one of the things uh, that was provided by a group called the Atlanta Snack Club was to pass along this little bit, t- this little bit, uh, tidbit of information. It's like there are no bathrooms out on the trails, so make sure that you go um, beforehand. But if you're going to go number two, learn how to identify leaves um, because you certainly don't want to, you know, uh, grab some poison ivy because that'll, you know, you'll have some other things to worry about. So, um, so yeah, that's sort of kind of what, you know, you know, before you get to the trailhead, you know, stop off at a gas station and, you know, go to the bathroom. If you're in certain parts in, you know, like Chattahoochee National, or the uh, let's see what is it the let me go down here to uh, my notes Chattahoochee River area there are uh, bathrooms and they have uh, facilities so you can always go to you know use those at the trailhead, but for the most part you're not going um, to find um, bathrooms and then the last thing I would say is and this is just being responsible um, in general just as as good citizens of of the earth is to leave no trace. Don't, don't carry trash or don't leave trash behind. If you see something and you see some trash, you know, please do pick it up. Um, You know, this is nature. We are, you know, kind of in their environment and we're just visitors. So please leave no trace behind. So those are kind of like what to expect. And I hope that sort of kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of some of, of what you can ex- expect out there, the experience that can happen and still not scare you off. Because like I said, it's, it's, it's a great place to go and just to experience the trails. So typically the next question that we get is about gear. You know, it's like, well, I don't have the right gear. Do I need trail shoes? What kind of trail shoes do I need? So here's my, you know, advice. Just from the very beginning, if you're just starting out and if you've never run trails, don't go out and buy trail shoes. You don't need them right now, because most of the trails that you're going to go on as a beginner are, like I said, well traveled. They're typically going to be very, you know, the ground's going to be well packed. Um, you know, and I wouldn't recommend that you go out after a rainstorm where everything's very muddy. But I would say, you know, if you have an old pair of running shoes that you've sort of kind of tossed aside or maybe used to, you know, do yard work or something like that, maybe that's the pair that you go out if you still have enough traction on on the outsole. And and just use that as a way of like, well, let me just see how I like this. How I, do I love it? Do I experience before investing your money into, you know, another pair of shoes, especially trail shoes. Now, Unless, you know, you're running trails on a regular basis, your trail shoes are going to last a lot longer than your road shoes. Your road shoes typically are going to be three to five hundred miles. And if you're running three to four times a week, you know, depending on your mileage, you may have to replace them, you know, once or twice a year. Sometimes, you know, if you're really running even three or four times a year. But a trail shoe, if you're running in them every so often, maybe only on the weekends, or maybe once a week, um, then you're probably going to be able to hold on to them for for over a year, um, unless you're doing some really you know long distance trail running on the weekends and you're making up those mileages um, you know on the weekend. And and because trails are less abrasive than asphalt or concrete. Your your outsoles are gonna you know last a lot longer. They're not going to deteriorate and wear out as quickly as um, a road shoe. So if you are and you've kind of said no, I'm committed. I'm going to get a, a trail shoe or. I just want to know more about trail shoes and what's the difference. What's the difference? Is it just the outsole? is it just because it's more grippy? So now we get a little bit into the anatomy of a trail shoe and maybe why you should get a trail shoe. If you do decide to take trail running, um, beyond just the occasional, you know, um, you know, interest. So toe kick, toe kick is typically it's, it's a protective area around the front of the, you know, the shoes where your toes are. It's typically extends from the outsole and goes up over the toes. And the reason for this is, as I said, expect to trip and fall at some point. Your toes are going to hit a root or will bump a, a root at some point. And in, do, in doing so, a regular running shoe is not going to have that extra layer of, um, protection at the toes. And so you will feel that a little bit, you know, you know, you know, more of that impact. Um and most of the time that's typically where it's like think of it as like kind of stubbing your toe, you know, in the you know, the living room and the bedroom when you're barefoot. So, um maybe not quite a, as extreme um in a in a road shoe, but if you're running and you happen to stub your toe against a, a root, it's going to hurt. And so the toe kick does provide some additional protection because it's going to be a firmer, denser type of material, Um, but you're still going to make some contact. It's just going to lessen the amount of impact. So, um, you know, that's one of the characteristics you'll find in a trail shoe that you won't find in a road shoe. Now, the most obvious thing you'll see a difference is going to be the outsole. It's the lugs for traction. So, um, you know, and it's going to vary. There's some that are going to have a very aggressive, deep lugs, and some that are going to be, you know, less aggressive. And it really kind of depends on the conditions that you're going to be running in, and the in the part of the country that you're even uh, running in. So you know, if it's you know if it's been raining, um, it's been wet, and it's been muddy you know, you're probably going to want a trail shoe that is, you know, has a lot more traction, deeper lugs so that they can grip a little bit more. And you probably want them to be spaced out a little bit more um, just so that any mud doesn't get, you know, kind of caked in and and, and there's room for it to kind of spread out and, and not stick to the outsole. So anything that has a lot of little holes is going to pick that and just uh, fill those holes with that mud. So anything that is a little bit more wide open, spaced out, just helps shed some of that mud while you're um, running. So those are things to think about. And obviously if you're, you know, running in drier conditions um, or drier areas, then, you know, uh, you don't need quite as much uh, traction as far as, you know, you can go with lower lugs um, and, um, and even t- tightly spaced, which also makes a shoe typically a little bit lighter. And the other thing you know that you want to look at is a rock shield and um, or a rock guard that is typically a nylon uh, you know a, a hard type of material that's placed um, in the midsole and that's typically because as you're running and you land you could land on a rock um, you know a, you know a pointed rock or a, you know root or something and the impact of that depending on how you land could bruise the bottom of your foot. Um, And, you know, having that helps, you know, spread out some of that impact and protects the bottom of your, of your feet. Now, that being said, there are shoes these days based on the amount of midsole that don't have a rock shield. Um, you know, I'm thinking about shoes specifically like Hoka, um, where there is so much midsole there that they don't really require, um, a rock shield, anything protective because, there's so much protection, so much cushioning there and there's really no need for it. Now, that being said, things do happen. I was on a trail run, uh, once and, um, a, what seemed to be a, you know, piece of bone, um, that looked like a little spike that was like a, probably a little, about a one inch spike, um, just weirdly, just kind of came up through the midsole, and it was just hitting me like right underneath the arch, and it sort of kind of felt like maybe the insole had you know folded in some way, and it was pinching. And when I took the shoe off, I noticed that there was something sharp there, and it was this you know piece of a bone, you know maybe from a bird or something, but it's very it was hollow, um, very lightweight, and it was uh, you know very sharp point. And, you know, you know, would a rock shield have prevented that? Possibly. But that was just a weird kind of freak thing. So there's things like that that could pop up and why a rock shield might be important. So if you're running and, you know, getting a trail shoe that's definitely has a lower profile, that's lower to the ground and doesn't have a whole lot of midsole, then typically a rock shield will be present in that. It's something that you should definitely consider for, for those type of shoes. And then, um the upper is typically going to be a little bit more durable there are different materials now that are being used to and you know to make them a little bit more protective um there's some that are going to drain better as far as water because you you know a lot of these trails there will be stream crossings and they may be uh unavoidable you may have to um you know uh traverse a river you know uh a few times and you know one of my first experiences up in north georgia mountains was a uh you know it was called jacks river up in the Cahuta mountains uh just uh, outside of uh, blue ridge georgia and we crossed jacks river God, it was easily 15 20 times you know on the same river just going back and forth back and forth over a three mile uh, you know stretch uh, of that section and you know you don't want your shoes to be you know waterlogged um, because that just go it's going to create irritation it's just going to cause issues so things like that I think you know uh, looking at at you know drainage, you know, most of the shoes do drain pretty well. Some are specifically designed where they have drainage holes underneath them, um, but then the material around them as well, because you're going to be running, you know, and and on you know you know over rocks and even with rocks on the sides, they're going to get scuffed up a bit. So they're using different materials to protect them and uh, make them a little bit more durable. So, um, but at the same time. You know, they're, they have a tighter weave to keep kind of that dirt and debris out from coming into the shoe, um, which, you know, they're still breathable and they may have strategically placed, you know, um, areas where they breathe a little bit more, but they're going to be less breathable than your typical um, road shoe, uh, especially some of those that are used to like really lightweight um, type of shoes uh, on the road, those have a lot of uh, breathability compared to, to trail shoes. So, you know, as far as getting fitted, and of course, we will always recommend that you come into Big Peach Running Company and get properly fit for shoes. But a guideline is, is to always go up maybe even a full size than what you would typically think, or half a size more than your road shoe. The reason for this is, once again, is that at some point you're going to stub your toe. You're going to be running downhill in a way that is going to potentially um, have more contact with a root or rock um, on your toes. And as you make that contact, the more space you have, the less the impact is going to be on your toes. So if you're talking to trail runners and, you know, and we've seen marathon runners as well that feel that, you know, black toenail or losing their toenail is a badge of honor. Um, it typically just means is that your shoe size is too small. And as trail runners, you know, you got to go bigger. Now that doesn't mean that you got to, you know, sacrifice the fit of the shoe it just means that you still have to you know, make sure that the heel is secure, the midfoot is secure, but just going a little bit extra, making sure you have a full thumb um, width um, between your toes and the front of the shoe is going to be much better for protecting your toes and not losing toenails. So keep that in mind. Um, so, you know, for me, I mean, I, I've, I've recently just purchased a pair of trail shoes just because I had to um, replace, and I've had... Trail shoes from various brands, and they all make great shoes. I mean, I remember the first pair of trail shoes I bought was, um, you know, from La Sportiva when I went to you know Big Peach. Even before I started working for Big Peach, and we carry La Sportiva, that was you know brand that I was you know well known for uh, trail running. I don't, you know, they're still out there, but they're not quite as prevalent as some of these others. I've run in Saucony shoes, you know, trail shoes, and Salomon. Um, Even the Ultra Lone Peak was one I've tried. And, you know, up until recently, I was running in the Hoka Speed Goat. But I went in, in, you know, to the Decatur store just a couple weeks ago to get new trail shoes. And I was trying to compare them and trying to, you see, well, what's new out there? What should I be trying? What should I be running in? Um, And I came down to two choices. I was, you know, kind of between the Hoka Torrent 2 or the Ultra Temp. And the temp actually felt better, it, just a little bit softer, and it just I you know, liked the cushioning of it, and it was you know kind of lightweight as well. Um, but what I didn't realize, and it was great that, you know, Shanta, who's one of the managers at our Decatur store, and this is one of the reasons why I think it's great to get fitted because even someone that is knowledgeable and, you know, has some experience still needed, you know, an objective opinion because as she saw me kind of walking in the shoe, she noticed that the heel collar around the temp kind of opened up a little bit and while it wasn't slipping it had the potential to slip down the road but also as it as you as it the heel kind of uh, in the heel collar opened up there's that potential that you could get stuff into the shoe so more likelihood that you get a rock or a pebble while you're running Um, but also the stability around the ankle wasn't quite there and since I was testing this out, you know, inside a store on a flat ground, I wouldn't probably have noticed that. But having someone objectively look at that, you know, really helped me out and is the reason why I went with um, the Hoka Torrent. Um, so so far, it's you know, it's it's you know, I've run in a similar shoe um, a few years ago called the uh, Speed Instinct from Hoka, and it's a very similar feeling shoe. Um, so it's working well for me. At some point, I, I when I put a, a bit more miles in it, I, I do plan on doing a, a review and and posting that on our blog. So the other thing that I would recommend is getting something to protect your feet, whether it's Body Glide or um, uh, Sports Shield. Um, there's also squirrel nut butter, but things that will reduce chafing in for me, it's primarily in the feet where you can get that chafing because as dirt may potentially get in to your shoe, that can create friction. Water can create friction. Um, you know, just the sweat and salt and anything else that you may have, you know, that, that your body kind of releases can create friction. So having that and putting that on the ball of your feet, in between your toes, underneath your toes, even in the arch, and for some people, you know, I would say even around the heel um, or the Achilles can help reduce some of that because the way your foot moves on a trail is going to be much different than the way it moves on a trail. Your foot's moving a lot of different angles that typically are not expected um, on trail. So That's kind of the basic gear that you would need if you're going to go trail running and really want to get into into shoes. Now, and you can use trail shoes as well, even if you're just hiking. So these still sort of, these still, you know, this advice and all this still applies for if you're just getting into hiking and and maybe you're starting out hiking and then eventually, you know, maybe get into, um, you know, trail running. And by the way, trail runners, we hike as well. And you know, sort of kinda of like if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around, does does it anyone does it make a sound? Well the same thing happens with, you know, trail runners. If if you stop and walk and there's no one else around, did you actually walk? And um, you know, no one knows, right? Only you know. Um so the you know there's a term that is also used called riking, which is a combination of run hike and, or and if you were road it'd be you know um, run walk. but the riking is something that is used quite a bit even in races, uh, especially in ultra races as a way of kind of conserving energy you know where you might run the downhill on the flats, but you might hike the, the climbs because it's conserves energy and you're saving yourself for that, especially if it's a long distance, ultra distance, that might be a great strategy. So there's no shame in, in hiking. Um, it's something I would definitely recommend. And I learned that very early on in my uh, ultra running experience, that hiking is, is good um, for, uh, you know, and, and a, stra- a good strategy for endurance. So now we get into hydration, you know, and for the most part, if you're running something like a, you know, anywhere from like a, you know, 5k, 10k on trail, you might not need, uh, to bring a a water bottle. And it really depends on you. Um, I've gone up to probably eight miles in moderate, you know, not, you know, moderately warm climate and not had to carry water and, and been fine. Um, but typically, I hydrate beforehand and I've got, you know, water afterwards and I'm hydrating, you know, and replenishing the fluids that I lost, you know, immediately after the run. But if you're going long distance, that's where you might need a hydration pack, you know, and that pack could mean there's a couple of different systems out there. You know, you're wearing them on, you know, on your back. Um, they typically have a lot of pockets and depending on the styles, they may have minimal pockets. Some may have a lot of pockets but you have a couple different systems. You have a system that uses a bladder. So, um, and it has a hose that, you know, wraps around. You can easily drink from that hose, which is very convenient um, because, you know, we forget you know, the easier it is to drink and have access to fluid, the more likely you're going to drink. And then the other option is bottles. And, you know, it could be, um, you know, hard plastic bottles. It could be soft flask. And the soft flasks are typically mounted right on your chest, one on each side. Um, and there's a variety of reasons, um, you know, that people may choose to, to do that. And sometimes it's a combination of both where maybe, you know, um, uh, you got water in, in the bladder in the back and you got maybe some other, you know, type of nutrition, uh, in the front, um, some sort of, you know, hydration type of drink mix, you know, whether it's a tailwind scratch or some goo or, you know, anything else that's, that's out there. Um, and that's a personal preference, you know, um, for me when I was doing ultra racing, um, you know, and, and, and doing those type of races, um, the bladder just made it difficult to refill, um, when I needed to refill because I had to take the pack off, remove the bladder, open up the bladder, you know, and fill it up with water, um, you know, at the aid station where the soft bottle flask, it's just, you know, while I'm running, I can remove that bottle from, um, you know, that hydration pack, that vest, unscrew the cap, roll into aid station fill up my water bottle and then run out and put the cap on while I'm running and then put it back in my vest, conserving time um, if I was going you know, for a fast time. Um, but I typically will use a mix where one bottle might be just plain water. The other bottle may be something like Tailwind. So those are things. The hydration pack also allows you to carry gels, chews, bars. And in some instances, depending on you know, the type of time of year you're going, especially if you're going out in the fall, in the winter, um, having a shell, a rain jacket, or something like that is a good idea because you know rain can pop up. You can get you know dehydrated, you know you can get a chill in the air, and having something that you can put on and layer is always a good idea. So having that kind of in your pack is something that I would recommend, <clears throat> even if you're just hiking, having that would be, would be good. So those are the the basic things that I would recommend. But like I said, the hydration I would say definitely for longer distances make sure that you have that, you know, with you. So now where to go. So, you know, where are the trails to go? How do, how can I get there? How do I find them? Where can I, you know, you know, is it safe and all this stuff, all these great questions. I'm going to point you to popular locations. So one of the most popular ones is Kennesaw Mountain. And by the way, all the ones that I'm, I'm kind of recommending here are typically, Well traveled. In other words, you're going to run into a lot of other people on these trails. These are not where you're like going to be the only one for miles or hours. You're going to see people on a regular basis, you know, um, through all these trails, Um, which is great for safety concerns. It's also great for, you you know, if you're unfamiliar with the area, there's someone there who can, you can ask and say, where am I going? How do I get back to the trailhead? Where's the parking lot? You know. And, you know, all those questions can be answered. And, and trust me, just like runners, trail runners are friendly and very helpful and, and are glad that you're out there. So Kennesaw Mountain is a great place. It is, um, they've got a couple sections there where I would, you know, if you're running up the mountain, it's challenging. It's, you know, if you're just starting out, I'd say, you know, hike it because it is straight up, you know, there are very little flats, uh, areas. Um, so you're going to get a workout for sure. So Kennesaw mountain is, is one that I would recommend. There are trails around the mountain and there's, uh, loops there that you can, uh, that are going to be relatively, I'd say flattish. So you can get up to 15 miles out there. Um, and in that case, I'd say definitely bring a hydration pack, know the route, um, and you, at that point, you may see less people, but on the actual mountain, plenty of people uh, that you can you know, um, um, to to run into and ask questions and feel safe. Chattahoochee River. Um, there's uh, several different places where you can access it. Um, you know, there's East Palisades, which I'm I've sort of heard before and I'm recently seen quite a bit there's actually a bamboo forest which I'm surprised I didn't know about that I think I've been to West Palisades um, that's over off of uh, Northside Drive um, kind of heading up up to uh, kind of Cobb County area Um, Cochrane Shoals which is kind of if you've heard of the river there's Cochrane Shoals um, there's a system of trails there that connect to Soap Creek you know that's one of my favorite areas to run because once again you can connect all these different uh, trails and loops and make a you know bigger uh, loop and section and you get a variety of different terrain and elevation change depending on how difficult you want to make it and then the only um Trail that I know that is definitely inside the perimeter is Southside Park. It's sort of like you know near the airport, near Hartsfield Jackson Airport. If you head south on 75, um, it's sort of kind of in that area. It's uh, fairly newish, I'd say, in the sense that you know there's been a lot of. It's a it's a park that has a lot of baseball fields, and I know they do a lot of uh, baseball and softball tournaments and and leagues down there, but. Up until maybe a few years ago, did they get funding to actually build trails out there. And it's used by mountain bikers and trail runners. And like I said, it's the only one that I know that's inside the perimeter. And they're expanding that and adding additional trails and and mileage out there. So that's a a good one if you're inside the area or live on the kind of like south side of Atlanta to check out. Um Sweet so uh Water Creek is a very popular one. Um there's a you know I think there's a, a couple ultras that are done out there. So you can definitely get a lot of miles there and the terrain varies, but it's nothing that I would say is too difficult. Um Vickery Creek up in Roswell um is uh is a, is another great one. Um very beginner friendly and uh yeah, you know, they've got the covered bridge there if you park on that side which is a uh, a great place and sort of kind of scenic there, um, by the river there. Um, Stone Mountain, um, actually not actually climbing up Stone Mountain, but definitely trails around the park. You know, something I didn't really even realize that was out there until a couple of years ago. Um, there's a great, uh, system of trails there. That's nothing that's too difficult. um, as far as elevation change until you, you know, unless you want to add, you know, climbing up to the top of Stone Mountain. And then Yellow River is another one that is, you know, just a little, just past Stone Mountain, a little bit further east of Stone Mountain. Um, there's two sections of the trail there. There's, um, you know, a more difficult section that has a little bit more elevation, but there's a riverside, which has is relatively flat with very little elevation change very beginner friendly. And once again, a lot of mountain bikers out there. Uh, Cochrane Mill, which is sort of kind of like down by Chattahoochee Hills. And there's also Red Top Mountain, which I do think they're uh, uh, probably a bit more beginner friendly. They're not, there's not, there's a a lot of good uh, elevation changes, but nothing too difficult. And it's very well groomed, not a whole lot of roots in in some, in most of the parts. Um, So uh, great. Now, as I mentioned, there are some of these places that have mountain bike trails. So we are, as trail runners, going to share these trails with these mountain bikers. So here's my advice: um, is obviously we need to share the trails and be respectful of hikers and and mountain bikers, and as we would hope that they would be of us. So you know, most of these trails um, have a direction. I won't say most of them, but I know at least Soap Creek. Um, where there are definitely mountain bike trails, they have a schedule for the direction that mountain bikers should be riding in and it alternates on the days. Run or hike in the opposite direction of the mountain bikers. So the directions that there are specifically for the mountain bikers, go in the opposite direction on that particular day. The reason for that is because you want to see the riders coming towards you so that you can get out of their way. You know, bikes can, you know, they're, they may go, uh, they're definitely going a lot faster than a runner. So they'll sneak up from behind you and, you know, you may, won't have enough time to get out of their way. They may sneak up on you. They may, you know, startle you. So seeing them coming towards you just gives you a little bit more advanced warning and notice so that you're not startled and you can get out of their way. The other thing that I would say is, and this is kind of a rule that applies to bikers, uh, for fellow bikers on, trails that are multi-directional, is that bikers going uphill get the right of way. And the reason for this is because it's harder to go uphill on a bike when you've stopped at the bottom of it. You know, um, if they have the momentum and they can keep pedaling up that hill, they're going to be much better off going uphill if they don't have the stop. Whereas a runner, as a hiker, we don't have that challenge. And the same thing goes for mountain bikers going Downhill, you know, you can stop at the top and then just use gravity to get on the way down. The mountain biker at the bottom of the hill doesn't have that benefit, so give the right away to the to the bikers going uphill. Um, and then, um, when sharing trails, and you know, if you're approaching hikers, just announce yourself before passing, for the same reason. Especially if you're if you're passing them and you're behind them is they don't want to be startled. You know, they may be lost in their thoughts, you know, you know not paying attention, whatever the reason is, and you may sneak up on them. Um, so announce yourself. Either, you know, start making noise, shuffle your feet a little bit, you know, or just announce, say, on your left or runner back. And I've typically, even when cycling, tend not to say runner or, you know, on your left because people typically then move to the left, even though that's where you're trying to pass them. So just say runner back, announce yourself um, slow down and give them the opportunity to get out of the way so you can you know safely pass them um, the other resource that I'd like to pass along because you know there's so many different trails and so many different places to explore um, is you know, alltrails.com has uh, a lot of different and there this is you know uh, there uh, they've got an app as well and they you know website so alltrails.com you know, has, you know, uh, user, um, you know, feedback and reviews and courses and um, things like that that allow you to research before you actually go out, providing direction to the trailhead and then direction um, on the trails. And if you use your app, you can actually use uh, the GPS on your map to navigate. So that's something that I would recommend. Uh, I've used that a couple of times while I've been out on the Appalachian Trail and running up in North Georgia. And the other one, especially around Atlanta, if you want to explore all the various different trails and even some smaller in, in-town trail systems, and by smaller I mean there may be a mile, maybe even a half a mile, but, you know, sometimes if you're out running through a neighborhood, you might be able to sneak in and, and connect to a trail just to get a little bit of, of trail experience, is atlantatrails.com. They do a great job. They take beautiful pictures. Um, they put a lot of effort into that. So once again, I, I said something about, you know, as far as, you know, using and, you know, alter the app for navigation, because, you know, that's one thing that a lot of people are concerned about is getting lost and the safety associated with it. So let's move on to safety here. You know, it's always ideal to run with a friend, especially if you're going out for the first time, if you're, uh, you know, unaware of, you know, the trail system, you know, having someone that maybe is already familiar is always going to be much helpful and have them introduce you to trail running and that, that particular trail. So running with a friend is always uh, going to be something I would recommend until you feel comfortable, you know, with the trail that you feel that you're going to be safe or you're not going to get lost. Carry a phone, you know, that way you can call someone, um, you can use, you know, your, you know, GPS on your phone. Um, and if you have these, you know, uh, an app like AllTrails, then you can use that to kind of navigate and use that information. And one of the things that I use AllTrails for when I first signed up for it is that it allowed you to input a notification and a person to notify, and when your expected time would be back, so that they start receiving alerts. Um if you're running behind or if you get lost or whatever. So, you know, for safety reasons, that's something that I would, I would recommend. Um, you know, as you're getting started, go to popular trails. Like the ones that I've mentioned, if there's people out there, you're going to feel a little bit more comfortable. You're going to feel safer than if you feel like you're out there by yourself, you know. And then, you know, if you are going by yourself, tell someone where you're going tell them what trail you're going to, you're going to tell them where you're going to park, what time you expect to arrive, and then what time to expect you back. And then even call them or text them when you're back at your car so that they're not worried. You know, so those are things that I would definitely, you know, recommend as far as safety. You know, there's other things you can do and other gear you can get. There's whistles, there's horns, mace, and things like that. And that, you know, you know, Always great ideas to, to have on you, even if you're running on, on the road, um, you know, because, you know, you know, in, in the times that we live in, things do happen. So be safe out there. So that's why I would say run with a friend, be knowledgeable about the area that you're running in. So a lot of the questions we get is, you know, is about terrain. You know, how hard is it? What's the difficulty level? Am I going to twist my ankle? Am I going to roll my ankle? Am I going to get hurt? Most of the trails that I mentioned are not really that technical. There'll be roots and things like that. And in some areas, you know, you, you, there may be some uh, erosion and some, you know, um, areas where there's more exposed roots because of the erosion where it does feel it's a little bit more technical. All you got to do is slow down, stop, walk that section and you'll be fine. The most challenging part about trail running, and if you live in Atlanta, you already know it because you encounter it, you know, on the roads, is the hills. You're going to get a lot of short, you know, steep hill climbs, and you might get some really nice, long, steep, long climbs. Longer than what you're probably accustomed to, and because the terrain is different, now you're not running on smooth roads, but you're maybe, you know, you're running uphill over rocks and roots, and that's going to slow you down. And that's okay. So that just means that you're just going to, you know, it's truly, it's those type of things that's going to make you a stronger runner on the road. So the ground, of course, as I mentioned, is not flat. And that's what roads typically are. They're going to be for the most part flat. Um, so When we talk about footwear as well, we talk about pronation and and providing stability. Typically on trails, everything that you're going to run on is not going to be a stable platform. In other words, not a flat surface. There's always going to be some sort of angle, some sort of way that the ground is going to shift that is not your normal foot placement. So... um, but because of that, it also works different muscles and tendons. So you will probably feel some soreness around the lower uh, portion of your legs, especially around the ankles, um, because it's just working different areas. It's activating different parts and different and firing different neurons and receptors around your ankles and your feet um, that you're typically not used to. Um, you know, one of the things that I remember was coming off of. You know, I think I just finished training for an Ironman and I went out and did a six mile trail run and I felt my lower legs were more beat up than after I ran my, you know, um, you know, Ironman marathon simply because the trails worked different muscles and I had been running on completely flat roads the entire time of my training that there were weaknesses in areas of my body that um, that I just wasn't used to. And that's one of the reasons why I also enjoy trail running. It, to me, it's a different way of cross training and getting some, um, strengthening some different parts of the body that typically you don't work out when all you're doing is running on roads. So that's sort of kind of what to think about on the terrain. Yes, like I said at the beginning, you're probably going to trip. You're probably going to fall. It's going to happen. It's happened to me many times and I did it I can't even count the many times I tripped on, you know, and, and fell and cramped up on my first ultra. There were just way too many leaves. I couldn't see, see the ground underneath me and we just kept tripping. It's going to happen. So as far as, you know, training, how do you prepare yourself to run trails? Well, A, you're going to run slow on trails. It doesn't matter. Whatever your pace is on the road, it's going to be slower on the trails. It's just the conditions are different. The terrain's different. It's, it's just going to happen. Um, and if anything, it's a great way of kind of doing a recovery run because now you don't have that pressure of hitting certain times or, you know, like, am I slow? Am I fast? It's, uh, it's one of the reasons I enjoy it is because I throw time out the window. I'm not looking at the watch. I might be looking at the mileage, but I'm not necessarily looking at at you know my pace. The other thing I would say is you got to learn to pick up your feet. And I've seen people running on the roads that trip over, you know, a sidewalk primarily because they're not picking up their feet and their feet then get you know, their toes get, you know, get caught on something. And that is, um, that's typically what ends up happening on trails and it's obviously more prevalent on trails because there's more obstacles, more things for your feet to get caught on. So, a lot of this happens because your hip flexors are just tight. You're so used to sitting all day that picking up your feet and just picking up your knees primarily is not something that you're used to. So I recommend you know to activate those hip flexors. You know, stand up and do what is called knee ups, which is basically just pick up your knee, standing. You know, standing up and sort of kind of like a marching in place, but bring up your knee to where your hip bends at 90 90 degrees, you know, um, and your shin is perpendicular to the ground, so that they're right angles at the hip and at the knee. Do that, I mean, start out with just doing 10, and then go up to 20 or 25, and get up to the point of 50. You're going to start feeling that hip flexor right at the point where your hip, you know, kind of join, and those tendons and those muscles, you're gonna start feeling kind of this burning kind of sensation. That means that your those muscles are firing. That's gonna make a difference um, on the trail. It's certainly gonna make a difference on your on, on the road because now you're learning how to use different muscles to power through and and run and become a better runner and more efficient runner. And that's one of the reasons why. Once again, I love trail running because it forces me to think about picking my feet up and. A lot of times when I do trip on a trail is because I'm not picking my feet up because I'm starting to get tired. And it's an indicator to me that, you know, okay, slow down, slow the pace, you know, maybe it's time to cut the trail run short. So think about those things. Um, I would also say that, you know, primarily because you're going to do a lot of climbing and running uphill or hiking uphill lower body is going to make a difference. So lower body strength training is going to improve your endurance and improve the way that you climb up these mountains, whether you're hiking them or whether you're running them. And I'm going to share a little story. My first ultra, you know, once again, I'm coming off of an Ironman thinking I am like in the top of my, uh, my game in the best shape of my life. And I'm running with a gentleman that's older than me and I love him. He's you know his name's Bob. He's one of our teammates. You know we've nicknamed him Silent Bob, and you know he's older than me. I don't know how much older. It's not polite to ask, but certainly he's older than me. And he kicked my butt. He dropped me on the climbs, and he was power hiking, and I was running. That there on that day was a light bulb moment for me. That it's not about how fast you are on the road. That dictates how fast or how well you're going to do it on a trail, but it's the strength and the conditioning that you do that's going to make a difference um, on the trails to power hike, or, you know, up those climbs. But that also translates to the road, so keep that in mind. So one of the things I've incorporated ever since is doing more squats, um, things like that. If you're you know if you're a strength into strength training we're looking into it. definitely look at things that are going to develop the quads, you know, um, the glutes, things like that, you know, squats, deadlifts, um, you know, work with kettlebells, um, you know, do deadlifts, things like that that are going to help improve it because, um, you know, improve that lower body because that's where the power is at. All your power, your largest muscles are right there in the glutes and the quads. So um, that's how, I would, uh, uh, what I would do to recommend. And then, you know, If you work in an office building, you know, take the stairs as much as possible instead of the elevator. You know, it's great for you. It it just helps, you know, your step count, but it also improves your ability to to climb. Uh, Don't take the easy way out. You know, use that opportunity to take the stairs and think of it as additional training. So, what, you know, what if, you know, you're like, I don't really know of anyone that I can run with. None of my friends like you know, to trail run or I don't, you know, I, I you know, I don't have anyone. Maybe I'm new to the area. Okay, great. Well, you know, because of the, of the area we live in, in Atlanta and being close to the, to the, you know, to the North Georgia mountains. And also because, you know, we've got a great amount of, you know, trail systems in and around the Atlanta area that we've got a, gr- a bunch of groups, and I'm I'm going to miss some. I'm sure I am, but I'm going to mention a couple here, and I will provide links um, to them. But there's the Atlanta Trail Runners, and you can find them on um, through Facebook and Instagram. Um, during the week, they do in town runs, and they're typically running out of like the Virginia Highlands area or you know uh, Ponce City Market. Um, But weekends, they typically will do trails and they'll do a variety of different trails around, uh, you know, Atlanta. I know that they do uh, at least a a monthly one out at Stone Mountain and then they go out and hang out at OutRun Brewing um, and, you know, kind of as a social, have a a beer, you know, share experiences. So it's a great way to kind of know others in the trail running community. And it's a no drop type of, of run. It's a social run and you have different choices of distances. Um, great group um, as well. Ladies, Trail Sisters, um, the Atlanta chapter is one that I would recommend. You know, one of the things that, you know, women will always um, be intimidated by men and in a new sport and a new activity. So a way to feel comfortable, a way to feel like you're part of something unique and special is a group like Trail Sisters Atlanta. You'll get the support, the camaraderie, um, the inspiration and a you know, great group of gals. I know a few of them and they do a phenomenal job. So if you're looking, um, you know, look them up, Trail Sisters Atlanta, they're like I said, social media, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can also look up uh, trailsisters.com uh, um, and get their national uh, website and you can track down and get more information on that group. Um, another group, which is, you know, um, unique I'd say is the Atlanta snack club and, you know, find them on Instagrams, find them on, on Facebook, but they do a lot of in town, uh, group running and they go th- and find unique neighborhoods and exploring different parts of, you know, you know, downtown area, you know, uh, sort of kind of like, you know, uh, Midtown Grant Park, uh, Pittsburgh area, anywhere that, you know, we're on the Beltline and they just find these unique uh, courses and they you know, meet on a weekly basis, um, explore alleys. And they've, you know, I've run a couple of their courses uh, that was done with the Atlanta Grand Prix and, and uh, runner. And, you know, they, they were able to find almost out of the six courses, I think all six of them are all five, or five of the six, ended up having some element of trails uh, in them where you were running roads and somehow there was a short little stretch of trail that got connected and into a neighborhood and neighborhoods that I've driven past many times like the Kirkwood area and didn't know that there was a system of trails there. You know, who knew? Even over by uh, in Midtown in, uh, you know, Cheshire Bridge, Piedmont area and that side, you know, Morningside area, there's a system of trails there and I had no idea. Um, so they're, they're a great group. Um, I, I would recommend, uh, you know, checking them out. Um, and then the last one is guts, um, which is the Georgia ultra running and trail running society. Um, you know, don't let the ultra running part, you know, scare you away. Yes. There's many of them that, uh, that will do, uh, ultras and they actually put on a few, um, you know, races as well. And ultra races, um, but they're a very social group. They have, you know, um, a regular, you know, group runs and very welcoming. Um, so I would definitely recommend, uh, them. Um, so that's sort of kind of like a total comprehensive, uh, I would say, you know, and I know I miss some stuff. And if I did, you know, I apologize. Uh, if you have questions, please reach out to me and you can email me at uh, peach, uh, podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. And I can update this down the road. Maybe we can do a little more advanced, you know, a part two of this, or um, I'll share that, you know, your additional, any additional details uh, on the show notes. So, you know, Coming up, I'll have a couple races that maybe you might be interested in, uh, in in learning about and some of our race partners that we've partnered up with in the past. It kind of gets you, you know, once you've gotten into trail running, maybe you want to try a trail race or just experience that community because it is a very welcoming community. It's a very fun, and trust me, it is more relaxed than your typical road uh, type of community. Um, you know, less of that hype type, and it's more like just chill and relax and let's hang out afterwards and, and just, you know, talk about the race, um, where instead of, you know, just, you know, roads where typically you're getting your medal and you're heading out, you know, got places to go. Um, so I'll share those with you coming up right after this break. At Big Peach Running Company, we know that not everyone identifies themselves as a runner running. Isn't about a start or finish line. It's not about time or pace. It's freedom. It's a break. It's time for yourself. We take pride in listening to your needs we make sure you get the right shoes so you can get back to enjoying your time. Big Peach Running Company has been voted as one of the best running stores in America by people like you. Visit us at any of our seven Metro Atlanta area locations or visit us at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back. So, I hope you guys are pumped about trail running. I hope I didn't overwhelm you too much with the information that I provided. It is supposed to be fun. It is fun. Um Don't let, you know, being a little bit anxious about trail running or being unsure of it or being unfamiliar with it scare you away because I do think it's one of the things that you will enjoy. I can't, I don't think I've ever run across a person that has run trails and said that they absolutely hate it. I think everyone that has tried it has loved it, has enjoyed it. um, And I would say that the same would apply to you. So give it a shot. Um, so as promised, I said, you know, we partner up with a, a variety of different, um, you know, race partners and other races that, uh, you know, some which I would say I, we haven't even partnered up with. But I'm familiar with them and I want to provide, you know, enough love to these other um, race promoters because I do think they do a phenomenal job um, within our, you know, trail running community. So first of all, I've got to promote the Big Peach Farm to Trails. Um, it is happening on October thirtieth. Um, it is, a, you know, a it's up in Blue Ridge, Georgia. It is going to if you've ever wanted to meet Mike and um, kind of get to know him a little bit and just his energy and be around him, it is infectious. But it is it starts and finishes at his farm. This is actually his house. That he lives at Blue Ridge. He's got. Goats. He's got chickens. He's got alpacas, and he's got um, he's got a big pig. <laughs> um, so if you want that type of environment, um, you know that's a great place to 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 try it out. Um, it is. Uh, it's not the easiest trail, and by easy I mean it's that there is a lot of climbing, and like I said, that's fine if you want to challenge yourself and say you know and and you know hike up you know, a trail and just see some, you know, what this, you know, what North Georgia is all about. This is a great place, uh, to do it. Uh, it uses the part of the Aska trail system. It gets a little bit onto the Benton Mackay, which is, you know, um, you know, a favorite among, you know, um, hikers and trail runners. And there's a whole history, um, um, behind, uh, Benton Mackay. Um, so I would recommend that that's a good one. There's two distances there. Um, uh, I, there's a shorter distance, which is about seven miles, and then another one that I think is about uh, 15 miles. Um, so definitely give that a, a try. That is actually put on by one of our um, race partners, Dirty Spokes. Tim Schroer puts on that, that race. Um, phenomenal uh, organization. So I would definitely recommend, you know, give that a try. Like I said, fun you know, you'll get a high five from Mike and he'll talk your ear off about trail running and any questions you may have. Um, you know, he's, he'll be available to answer. Um, another race that will come up is actually the week beforehand. It's, uh, on October 23rd is Cochran Mill. It's a 25 K and, uh, 14 K and Cochran Mill is just South of the airport down in Chattahoochee Hills, uh, area. And, Um, It's very beginner-friendly. There are some climbs, but there's nothing that's too difficult. Um, If you are doing the longer 25K, there is a river crossing that, depending on the condition of the river, Um, If you're really up for an adventure, um, they string a rope across, you know, so that you have something to hold on to while crossing. And I've been there in the past and have helped, um, you know, get people across by just making sure I'm holding their hand and kind of telling them where to place their feet, you know, because I've done it enough times. So I know where the, you know, the, where you're going to get the most traction and where not to step where it'll get slippery and you might lose your, your footing a little bit. Um, And uh, you know, so far, in the you know the three or four years that I've been out there, and the races I've done, haven't lost a single person out there. So don't worry about it. You'll you'll be fine. Um, but the it's a great uh, trail race. Like I said, it's a beginner um, friendly type of race. Um, so I'd recommend the Cochrane mill, uh, 25 K and the other one that, uh, also, cause that's put on by peak racing events. The other one that's put on by peak racing events, um, this is the red top 25 K and 50 K. Now this is 50 K is, you know, it's over a marathon. We're talking about, you know, 31, almost 32 miles. So you got to really be committed to it you know, and so a 25K would be, you know, just over, um, you know, a half marathon. So if you're really up for it, uh, this is a good one. Um, it is primarily on very runnable, mostly gravel, uh, type of, um, of trails, you know, there'll be some single track, um, some routes, but very little elevation gain. It's probably one of the easiest, um, you know, you know, 50 K's that you can get into and you're just really running loops. So, um, it's one of those where you can, um, you know, hit, get an aid station. I think it's every seven miles you're doing a loop. So, um, you know, you'll get, you know, or maybe it's less than that. I'll have to go back and look, but really you don't have to carry a whole lot with you because you'll hit an aid station every, at every, every time you, you go through the loop. Um, so, um, very runnable. And like I said, if, if, you know, how you don't even need trail shoes for it, you can run in regular road shoes. I've done that course, um, uh, with 30 spokes for one of their trail races at night. And it's, 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 it's a fast course. So if you're just getting started, that's a really good one. Um, I've mentioned dirty spokes already a, a few times and they are one of our uh, race sponsors. We do sponsor them um, you know typically for for you know half the year but they put on races um, all year long and they're very beginner friendly um, you know they are um, not a lot of elevation change but the terrain will vary where it'll be kind of rocky and rooty depending on on the course depending on the area. But short, we're talking, you know, they typically have two distances, uh, typically anywhere from a three to four mile on the short side to maybe a five to seven on uh, on the longer side. So great entry into, you know, trail running if you want to do it. And a great group of, of people that show up there that, you know, he's got a loyal following. He puts on a fantastic race. You um, won't be disappointed. Another one. Um, and I have not had the pleasure of, of, of running their races, but I do know that they do a, a put on a great race. It's the Mountain Goat Adventures. Um, they do it more kind of in the Woodstock uh, area, um, and I know they do a couple races up at Rope, uh, Rope Mill and Blankets Creek, which is also a place for mountain bikers. Um, so, you know, check them out if you're interested. Um, I do think that those, because they're a little bit further north, you do get, and I'm familiar with Blankets Creek, and rope mill. Um, they, there is a quite a bit of more uh, ascending and descending, but nothing I would find that would be too challenging. Um, but of course, that depends on the actual uh, routes that the courses are taking. So I um, recommend that. And of course, you, know, you can find trail races um, on ultrasignup.com there's so many different races, and they're and you know in around um, Atlanta and other states. You know, don't let the ultra part scare you away. There's other races that are out there that you know just because they're a trail race, will will put their races on ultra sign up. Um, but it's a great place to kind of explore, see what's out there. There's so many unique areas, and especially if you want to explore um, different parts of the country, I would recommend that. One of my favorite. Races that I did was actually a vacation trip where I went out to Utah and drove um, out to um, and ran um, Bryce Canyon, uh, Grand Canyon, and Zion, and some magnificent, beautiful views. And although they were races, they really were more of a just a, a trail run that I paid for and got a medal for and was aid supported. Um, you know, and it was like this, you know, festival type of atmosphere. So, um, those are things that you know, you can you can go out and you can travel and you can see things from your car or your camper or a tour bus, but you won't get the real beauty and the real kind of being immersed in nature in that environment until you go and you do it on trails. And that's one of the reasons why. I, truly enjoy running trails. I want to get back out there. You know, a bit going out West is one of my favorite um, places to run in. I, you know, I've run on on some of the trails out in Leadville, Colorado and um, you know, and, and it's just, it's just phenomenal. It's beautiful. I've explored up there and just, you know, hit little areas where there's like a, a mountain lake with snow and it's just so peaceful and quiet. And it's, it's just one of those things that allow you to explore and just see things that, you know, you just wouldn't be able to get to from a car or a tour bus or, you know, anything, you know, but just being on foot and being on trails just really um, takes you to places where, you know, other, you know, just your standard, you know, transportation won't get you. So for me, it's an experience. I hope you feel the same way. I hope I've kind of given you a little bit of you know, uh, excitement and energy and inspired you to maybe challenge yourself, but to also explore a little bit, you know, and, and to learn a little bit more about yourself and the area, um, that you live in or areas that you would love to learn about and explore. Um, Atlanta is a great community of, you know, has a great community of, of, of trail runners, but also great, Uh, you know, network of various different trails to go explore and to get started on. So, you know, as, as we say, and always, always mean, we hope your best miles are those covered on foot. And I hope that you get some dirt on them and, uh, and really explore and, and take yourself to new uh, adventures and, and challenge yourself to do something completely different. So until next time, have a good one, you know, and as always, feel free to reach out at podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. I'm Dave Dolomite, D2 Martinez, and it's been a pleasure being your host. Talk to you next time.